live from Studio 6B on a Monday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029. Paul Nolan in the house, Rick Delgado in the house, Rick Emirati, I guess, is... uh, Still on vacation, huh? Yeah, he's partying like it's uh, 1999. <laughs> Purple rain, baby. Come on. Man, he, he don't stop. How long has he gone for? <laughs> he don't quit. I thought he was going to be back tonight. What? Now, what did I hear? He was the winner at karaoke night or something? No. He, he, he went to some, I think, some pre-Prince Purple party or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, won himself a, a, a damn uh, well, how did he guitar. W- oh, dear. <laughs> well, how did... <laughs> there it is. How did he win it? Look at the leather pants. Rick how looks could he good not there. win it? Look at him. <laughs> maybe that's a better question. He was the only one there. Yeah, maybe that was. <laughs> uh, that's possible, it's a too. Prince costume contest. <laughs> yeah, the Prince costume. The, <laughs> the, well, he uh, spent a thousand bucks on a purple sequin suit. I mean, he's got to win something. <laughs> it was the uh, Johnny Depp lookalike. No, not Johnny Depp. Who's the guy, uh, the other guy he looks like there? Lookalike contest there. Uh, well, good for him. Yeah. He said he shipped that thing home the day he won it. Oh. So hopefully he'll bring it into the studio so we can check it out. <laughs> Supposedly it's gold colored. I'll bet he will not absolutely not do that. He probably won't let it out of his sight. It's like winning the Stanley Cup, Paul, right? Those guys, they just, they won't, they'll, well, maybe, maybe no, he'll, well, they'll take it everywhere, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe he will treat it like this. Well, if he racks think, up enough think, debt, maybe you can take it from him, Damon, and then we can have it in the studio. Ooh, Ooh. that's a good idea, G. I like that. I like yeah. that. Or, or maybe he'll toss it from the from one boat to another since it is nice outside. <laughs> yeah, you see those guys on camera, they were throwing guitars around and stuff. Uh, how are you guys? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, heard everything was great last week while I was um, – hey, well, here, here's what you do. You want to appreciate what your wife does? Have her get sick for a week and oh, then do yeah. what she does. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I'm, especially with your kids' ages. You know, my kids are all driving and – Oh, the man. only time they need me why, is for Why did you send one money? of them over to my house then? <laughs> I could have used a different taxi service for the week. Yeah, well, you know what? That's about all they're good for. <laughs> oh, your kids? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, no, that's not true. Uh, I met your kids. Your kids are great. Well, I met a couple of them. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're good. They're yeah. good. They're, they're all well-behaved. They're all down to earth. My middle one is the one I worry about. She's she's graduated summa cum laude from her school. She was a top, uh, you know, top. I think one or two percent in her class, but like she's so me and it worries me. Like okay. she's just such <laughs> such a rebel, man. Like she walks around in a tin tin outfit made <laughs> of tin foil. <laughs> um, well, it's gonna be a great week. Lots of great stuff. We're gonna start with something great, and that, of course, um, we've been talking a lot about what's going on in Arizona, and obviously, other than and maybe this is just my my own two cents, but I think other than um vaccine and medical tyranny that we've that we've seen the most important thing on most people's minds is uh election integrity other than bodily autonomy and uh someone who's been right in the middle of that we welcome now to the show greg phillips from true the vote greg how are you hey guys how's it going very good having me yeah it's good to have you and i know the guys have lots of questions i think you were supposed to be on maybe friday with the guys i wasn't here friday so i'm glad to be here tonight to get a chance to ask you a couple things it must be tough living in a world where if you say the water is wet, the sun is hot, and the sky is blue, they say, well, that's already been debunked. And I bet that's kind of what you face nowadays, it seems like. Um, before I turn it over to the guys, I guess my question is, can you explain the difference between ballot harvesting and ballot trafficking? And uh, Because it seems like the fact checkers in all of this haven't 
had any interest in the difference. They just think, well, everything is what, – what's the difference in your mind between those two? Well, ballot harvesting is, is – um, you know, it depends on the state, might be questionable as well. I mean, it's really picking up ballots for somebody that, you know, maybe that you should be picking them up for, maybe if you work in a nursing home or that kind of thing. The problem with all of it is uh, when you get paid for it, right? I mean, then it becomes trafficking. But even beyond that, there are, there are a lot of nuances to all of this. In most states, even if you are going to take someone's ballot into the polls, you still have to have an assister signature. In other words, the voter has to sign it and the person assisting them has to sign it. And if that doesn't happen, then it's an illegal ballot or an illegally cast ballot. And um, the left just can't seem to get this. But in no case can you can you be paid to to do that for your ballot or to uh, to do this. So it's it's a it's a slippery slope. But you know, I, I think that America is starting to wake up to this to this uh, reality that this wasn't a very sophisticated cheat, right? I mean, this is just a bunch of folks with a bunch of money giving it to a bunch of, you know, crackheads and others that want 50 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever it is. And, and you know, damn America, full speed ahead, right? Wow. And, you know, the thing is, before I turn it over to uh, Rick Delgado and Paul Nolan here to ask you some questions, the thing is, even before we got to the obviously election, well, and I guess we now call it election month or two months, whatever, it's not election day, <laughs> but... um before we even got to that, you had people like Mark Elias and the Democrat lawyers, hundreds of lawyers running into all these states in, uh, in Georgia. You had, yeah. had Stacey Abrams with a dissent decree with Raffensperger, who just got reelected, which is amazing yeah. to me. So you had a lot of constitutional issues even before we got to the stuff that you guys have been uncovering. I mean, so how, how much right. how much do you put anything on the fact that the White House at the time was just caught sleeping at the wheel? The Republican National Committee was caught sleeping at the wheel. Why weren't why weren't they more on top of what was going on in these states? Well, I'm not sure if it was the White House, but it was definitely the RNC and the Republicans in general. I mean, we started suing states as far back as week. We sued, Catherine sued New Mexico in maybe April and then sued Nevada a month or two later, remember? And they were suing a Republican Secretary of State in Nevada, and she, and she turned out to be a complete traitor. And uh, the RNC actually stood up for her when we were saying no. No, absolutely not, guys. Don't do this all mail-in voting thing. Don't do this ballot drop box thing. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And they just weren't listening. So, you know what? I mean, you know, the Republicans would do well to rethink their leadership and move on from this and let's start over because this, this is a train wreck. Rick? Yeah, Greg, and uh, thank you for taking the time to join us. Um, let me ask you this. Now, now I came across your interview about a week and a half ago that you did on Patel Patriot, and you made one statement on there that I feel, and I, I think you, you repeated it a couple days later in Arizona, talking about a larger investigation you find yourself in that's going to be 10 times more likely to divide the country and more explosive. Um, all right, you got my attention. Uh can, can you divulge any of that of what your this investigation you you seem to be caught up into? Yeah, it's uh, it, first of all, it's it's been going on for fifteen months. Um, we've been deep into a a major international operation. Um, we've been um, involved uh, with uh, law enforcement. We've been involved with uh, all sorts of different folks in this. Um, I mean, it's like a James Bond movie, man. It, it's like betrayal after betrayal. And, you know, you, it's like waking up in the twilight zone every day with this thing. And, and the only reason we're waiting at all is, frankly, that there's a, a lot of pressure right now um, from a lot of people. Um, 
you know, to to ditch it and move on or or blame us or target us or right. do some of this stuff. So Catherine, you know, I don't know if you know Catherine Engelberg very well, but she's no coward. She's got a pretty stiff backbone. And uh, there's just no way we're walking away from this thing. And it pretty doesn't matter doesn't matter to us much of what they do. We're 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 coming out with this right. thing here and 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 just a quick follow up before I turn it over to Paul real quick. Um, Are there any when you say people are are kind of pressing you to kind of, hey, don't don't do this. Don't go down this road. uh, Please leave this alone. Um, Are there any former, you know, maybe elected officials involved that we might know if we hear their name, maybe a former, I don't know, secretary of state or former uh, president or something like that involved? Possibly. Anyway. Well, there, there's there's a lot of folks involved in this thing. There's a lot of money that changed hands, and and uh, you know the fact of the matter is, what frightens us most is it's ongoing. It's not like it happened in 2020 and did st- and stopped, or it happened right. in 2016 and stopped. I mean, this involves you know almost every facet of what we believe to be you know free fair and true about our elections it involves multiple countries it involves you know some really bad actors um and frankly the betrayals come from people that shouldn't be betraying us and uh it's 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 shocking but you know it's legit it's real it's our life right now and and uh that's the way it goes Wow. So, you know, I, I kind of just want to take a second to thank you for the bravery. You know, we're living in a different type of warfare now. You know, it's just an information sure. war. It's the attacks are insidious. Uh, as you said, the treachery, the traitorous behavior of everybody has got a price. Um, everybody's corrupted at some level and they're protecting. The, I've got to believe they protect their levels of corruption at some. They just have to play ball. And the RNC, uh, as a conservative, the RNC has been such a disappointment for so long the the entire organization is as corrupt as it gets but i was doing a little research on you i was looking back at you've been at this since 94 with chief justice um in alabama uh perry hooper Hooper. he had won and then overnight mail-in ballots then stripped him of his election and then you brought the case to the you got it all the way to supreme court where he eventually won can you tell me a little bit about your history and and would you say from 94 to now that the Democrats and the and the Rhino Party or the Uniparty have almost perfected rigging elections. Well, I'm going to go back to to '82 for part of this. Is when I started. Uh, Judge Hooper was one of my political mentors, and and uh, has been when he was alive. And God rest his soul. He uh, was a, he was a great man. He was a great American. He believed in the rule of law. He was a Marine. He was an incredible guy. When he ran for Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court in 1994, he went to bed thinking he won by 15,000 votes. Woke up and it was virtually tied. And um, he had a great legal team, an amazing group of folks. One of them's a federal judge right now, Bill Pryor, Bert Jordan. There were some incredible guys stepped up and and said, no, 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 we're not going to certify this thing. We're not going to allow this to be certified. And, uh, of course, the person he was running against was Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court at the time. And so the thing ultimately got removed into federal court. There were two key things that came out of that that decision. Judge Hooper was ultimately seated. Uh, his wife famously called him. She says, well, he was, you know, elbow deep in the garden plant flowers for, uh, hey, Perry, you're the chief justice. And, <laughs> and but what, what intervened in between all of that was in, was completely insane. But what the court ruled was very clear. It's prescient and it's and it's it should be everywhere on everyone's tongue right now the court ruled two important things the first one is whatever the law is on that day on election day 
That's the law. That's what it is. It doesn't matter what you want it to be. It doesn't matter what some rogue secretary of state said that it was and some bogus consent decree. What the law is, is what prevails. And and that was important to that case. But the second thing was also important, and we're seeing it again in these primaries, is that there's no such thing as substantial completion. It's a false legal doctrine that says, well, I almost got it right, but I didn't quite get it right. So, you know, I didn't sign it or date it, but go ahead and count it. Yeah. And the Supreme Court said, no, if the law says you've got to sign it and date it, you got to sign it and date it. Otherwise, it doesn't count. There's no substantial completion. Those two doctrines are prescient and real to this day. And we should, everyone should be talking about those things, and they're not. The other thing that happened during that race, and, and, and really to all of us, is in 1982, there was a consent decree where the, in New Jersey, famously in, in our world called the New Jersey Consent Decree, right? It's because we're all brilliant. Um, <laughs> the RNC entered into an agreement with the court that said, hey, yeah, we're sorry we did all yeah. this stuff, so we're never going to work on election integrity ever again. This thing was renewed and renewed and renewed and renewed and renewed until 2018, and this judge finally stopped coming out of retirement to renew it. And so what happened during that, that intervening... Hey, Greg, can that, you hold 20... those thoughts? We just hit the break. Can you come back with us just when we hit the commercial? Yeah, like All right, we'll be right back. Yes, Talking to Greg Phillips from True the Vote. More to cover here. Paul and uh, Rick, we all got more questions. We'll do it with Greg, who's been nice enough to hold on for a second when we get back. Just getting started on a Monday. Aaron Live from Studio 6B. We'll be back right after this. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B, Greg Phillips has been nice enough to hold through the break with us. Please welcome him, welcome back to the show. And he was talking about this New Jersey uh, consent decree, and I want to get back to that. But just before you get back to that, Greg, I, I want to just ask you, do you feel like the term um, most uh, secure election of our lifetime has kind of gone by the wayside? <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Unless you unless you happen to work for WAPO, the New York Times, yeah. or NPR, I think that's probably right. So, anyways, picking up where you left off, this new this uh, consent decree, in this new. I mean, just give us a little more of that history because it's really a wild story. Yeah, for for 36 years, Republicans weren't allowed to work on it because the Republican National Committee in 1982 agreed with the court in New Jersey to never work on election integrity. So, for 36 years, my entire time in politics people weren't allowed to work on it. So you never developed any expertise, you never developed any interest in it, you never really could do anything about it. Then along comes Catherine Engelbrecht in 2010, she goes and sees Reince Priebus and says, hey, I, I wanna get involved in election integrity. He's like, we don't do that here. We're not allowed to do that. The New Jersey consent decree prevents us. So by the time 2018 rolls around, you've got Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp, you know, fussing around in Georgia about what's going on over there. Republicans had no idea what was happening. And then by 2020, Everybody on the Republican side is a freaking election integrity expert. It's it's completely insane. In any case, the the people are the ones who who are being um, um, misled uh, by leadership that really has no idea what they're doing, no idea what they're talking about. But it's time to get down, and get busy, and, and get after it. Mm. So you know, speaking of leadership, you know, you're using the technology that you know, the law enforcement uses. And I'm sure you're on the ground, you're dealing with local sheriffs and small town police departments, and you're dealing with, you know, big city cops. And I'm going to imagine, I, and I hope, and I hope uh, that, you know, the, the, the low-level cops are so patriotic, they'll do anything they can to help you. How far up the food chain does it take before the bureauc 
bureaucracy or the, you know, the corrupted um, mouthpieces get in the way and stop you from getting your job done? How far up the food chain do you have to go before you get hit over, hit over the head with a rubber mallet? Uh, the guys on the ground are, you know, are awesome, as you know. I mean, they're incredible folks. Uh, we're going to be working more and more with sheriffs and more and more with the sheriff's deputies and their folks that are out there uh, because typically they're not as, as as corrupt at those upper levels. I mean, we call it political law enforcement. Once you hit that political level of law enforcement, big or small, um, you know, you might as well just give up and move on. Um, the, but the, the guys that are out there on the ground doing the work, I mean, these are amazing people, and they're willing to embrace it. They're willing to learn. They're willing to listen. Um, they're willing to ask questions. Uh, in fact, I've got a call tomorrow morning on a project we're working on down in Jacksonville, Florida. And, and um, you know, you would think on those calls, you know, if, if it really wasn't real and it really would, it didn't work, we wouldn't have that level of interaction with the local guys and these detectives that are doing incredible work in these situations. You get up to that, you get up to those political levels, whether it's a, you know, local PD, certainly state police force of some type, and, you know, God help us, the FBI. I mean, you know, they know this stuff and know it well, but, man, the level of trust is like, you know, down to zero. Can this work you're doing now prevent this in the future? And would it need a yes. grassroots movement with people like our audience and the audiences that you of the shows you've been on? Yeah, all of the above. Uh, Catherine Engelbrecht and, and True the Vote and, the and a couple of sheriff's associations sometime later this week or early next week are going to get together and form an alliance, an agreement. We're going to create this sort of massive control center where people can submit what they're learning, where local folks can submit what they're learning, where we can gather the data we're learning and then be able to package it on a pre-agreed basis and then hand it off to these sheriffs and hand it off to these local people in real time. So... Our hope is that, um, our great hope is that this alliance between Sheriff Lamb and some of his folks and Catherine and some, you know, and, and her teams uh, and just the people, the greatest thing about what Mules has done by far, this movie has reignited a, a level of interest in election integrity and uh, the number of people willing to step up to stop this cheat is off the edge it is off the chart we're having a hard time even keeping up with communications with them all but um catherine and her team are ready to go and it's it's going to be an incredible fall and we're going to be right there mixed up in it and uh, hopefully we're going to do some live broadcasting for it and all sorts of things that's awesome hey, hey greg real quick i got two quick questions because i know I'll, I'll probably spur more questions from the other guys but in terms of you know 2000 mules the movie most people you know the, the the you know are aware of it a lot of people have seen it i think 20 million they've said at this point um what about the people that you ended up tracking because from what i understand from what i remember you know who it was you know where they were you know where they went you have their phone numbers, correct? So does that mean you have their names? Have any of these names and numbers been handed over to law enforcement? Yeah, it's a, it's a slippery slope, not for us, but for law enforcement. We can pretty much do what we want to do. Law enforcement to be able to use it. There's a, a, a Supreme Court case, Carpenter v. U.S., which is really controlling here. If the if law enforcement has information and they and they want to unmask that person, um, they can use our information, but they've got to go to the court and get the court to order the cell phone companies to to unmask who that individual is and where they live. And without that, there's an invasion of privacy and there's all sorts of privacy matters. And uh, our, our data sort of in essence becomes a little bit less useful. What's really great about the way we do our work, however, is that um, 
we we heavily curate our data. We use some we use some techniques that are are surprisingly sophisticated. Law enforcement knows that, especially law, federal law enforcement know that. That's why they come to folks like us and ask for help in in you know trafficking cases and terrorism cases and and murder cases and all sorts of things. So this very idea that eh, I'm not sure if it works this time is complete, you know, <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, we've heard that a bunch from the left. Hey, real quick on this last question I've got for you, and it's a question that goes back to the word trust. Um, did you find out if you can, and, and I'm not sure if you alluded to this. I think I heard you allude to this in a different interview. Uh, where you may have had some, I don't know if there was sabotage, you might call it, from within your organization or, or sabotage from outside trying to stop what you guys were doing. Did you encounter any of that? Yeah, we did. It wasn't inside, though. It was from law enforcement, and, and um, that'll all be coming out here in the next little while. And it's, it's, it's so incredibly disappointing to be doing the work that we're doing, thinking that we have solid partners and to be betrayed in this way. It's, oh. it's nuts. Wow. 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 Um, so I guess, Greg, we only got about a minute or so left. Just uh, for me, last question is, listening to you and thinking about all the questions the guys have asked, where do you say we are going into 2024? Are we in any better shape in your mind than we were in 2020? Do we still have a long way to go? Are, we, are our elections uh, as secure as um, some other places around the world? Where do we stand? Well, let me ask the latter one. No, they're not as secure as some other places around the world. But, but there are still some things that we could do. We're 150 days from the election. We're 120 days from early voting in most states. So we've got some things we need to do. The voter rolls close for cleaning, if you will, on, on, on or about October the 3rd. And so we have to be sure these secretaries of state in these local counties clean these dirty voter rolls. That's where it all starts. These ballot drop boxes, if they're going to be there, there's absolutely no way that states should be mass mailing these ballots and these ballot applications. And if those boxes are there, citizens and folks like us are going to have eyes on and we will fire back. This is not going to this is not going in like the last one did, where people are just able to walk up and just stuff a bunch of ballots in without having anybody watching them and without some sheriff showing up and knocking on their door. Well, well, I just want to thank you. you. You know, this is in the new information war. You're on the front lines as as a leader and a patriot, and I can't thank you enough. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, making the time for us tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you, man. Appreciate y'all. All right, Greg Phillips from um, True the Vote. Great work here on Live from Studio 6B. Thanks, Greg. Thanks a lot. All right, there you go. Wow. Pretty good, huh? Wow. wow. What a brave guy. I mean, his life is uprooted. I yeah. mean, I mean, the thing is, you know, the thing is, I mean, the thing is, if you watch the movie, what comes across is the sophistication of it all and basically the the coordination of it all. It's not like it was like, okay, we had a little bit here, a little bit there. The coordination of it is just off the page. And every grassroots group of criminals did it a little differently in the, you know, they had to, you know, we'll get back to the other side, but it's frustrating. All right, good start to the show on a Monday night, Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B, more to do. Talk a little bit about the 78th anniversary of D-Day since the president couldn't for the second year in a row.
All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Paul Nolan's here, Rick Delgado's here, Gio Fran holding it down as always. Good to be back. Of course, I want to thank the guys and David Zier for last <laughs> week. I was out. My wife uh, is feeling much better. Thank God for seven cells, by the way. That's great. Got on it right away. Test positive, boom, right into the, uh, the early treatment pack. And, um, I mean, my wife's young, healthy, in good shape. But, um, and then there's you. <laughs> but no, I think, um, <laughs> when I tell you, when you get on it early, it makes a big difference. Yeah. You know, I mean, she has friends her same age that have, that have all had it recently, and, and some of them have had a tough time. You know, this hacking cough that just can, you know, she didn't have any. Well, that's good. Yeah. And I, I think that's the difference, honestly. Get on the vitamins and get on the early, get on that stuff right soon as you feel a symptom boom right on it i called dr chung i said right now and he's like right now that's what it's designed for damon you idiot right now that's why it's called early treatment pack. it says it on the pack God. right now exactly so well you should have named it the really really early <laughs> treatment pack i wasn't yeah so uh she's feeling good went back to work today so back to schedule um <clears throat> Did I hear, by the way, last week? Well, you guys had a lot of news while I was out last week, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. You had, um, Paul Pelosi. Uh, yeah, they, they have, they're in a new movie called Drunken Drunker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, I hear the, I hear the L.A. Um, Sheriff's Department or L.A. County Police there, Highway Patrol, says, well, no, we don't have any dashboard footage of Mr. Pelosi. Well, well, yeah, they, <laughs> well, yeah, they, well, they well. wouldn't because that's L.A. And he was busted up in Sonoma, up by Napa, which is just <clears throat> north of San Francisco. So well, maybe that was the state police you're talking about? It could have been the state well, they police. Well, they requested from somebody the, the d- dash cam footage. I believe it was Fox News who, who wrote a, um, and they said, oh, no, we don't have any. Well, how can that be? <laughs> how can they not have any of this stop? Hmm. Oligarch. Anybody have any ideas? Um, <laughs> any ideas? Yeah, I, I got one. Yeah. I don't want to get Clinton, though. Here's so. <laughs> Did you hear about that one, by yeah. the way? Yeah, oh, sure. Holy. Well, you, but, I mean, you weren't. no one was surprised by that, right? This guy hanging from a tree with a bullet in his chest? Well, that's suicide these days. I mean, if, if they had a picture of Hillary in a in a... Cowboy hat with a shotgun <laughs> under arm walking away. Would you be surprised? No, no, I mean, no. <laughs> just like, <laughs> no. Not my town, boy. No, I'm not. Su- no one's surprised. <laughs> it's unbelievable. No, you can't be surprised. Look, at first, you got, all right, it's conspiracy theory, right? You know, seven or eight people linked from white water, just popped off, whacked, sudden case of lead poisoning. We're in the 50s now of people one person. Fires up at the house in Chappaqua destroying documents. Oh, look at this. It's a fire. It's it's unbelievable. It's like Don Corleone all over again. That's exactly right. By the way, that's what, when you talk to Greg Phillips from True the Vote, it's almost what it's like, right? It's almost like a a mob family put this thing together. That's how well-coordinated it was. It's not much different than the way they would operate. Right? I mean, how, yeah. how much different is it? It's not much different with that kind of no, coordination. No, it's exactly what it is now. I mean, now it's, but now there is no, there's no oversight. You know, the, the organized crime is, is high-level politics. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, lots to talk about tonight. Thanks, Greg Phillips, for joining us. Uh, and as Paul said, we should uh, have him back for the get to the election and see what the progress is, because that's really the most important thing. I mean, t- we continue to look and talk about the past, and it's important, but where are we now going into the future? Where are we going into the midterms? Where are we going into 24? There's all kinds of other questions. You know, our audience is so loyal and strong. I mean, I just think if we let that guy have a regular voice here and just... You know, when the time comes, we're just going to need patriots on the ground filming those boxes, filming license plates. And they've got to have teams of people doing it because you can't do that alone. You know, you have to, you have to be out there with a support group. Yeah. You know, so I just wonder if we could just do anything in our power to help a little bit. So we'll, um, we'll get into more of that. We'll get into some other news of the day. We'll get into um, – I'm going to spend the majority of my time tonight talking about this January 6th hit squad. Because what's going to happen on Thursday um, is a disgrace. And it is, um, it's almost like a staged uh, Broadway production. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I could think of to put on it. So I want to talk a little bit about that because there's some things. I mean, the media is just drooling to get to Thursday night. I mean, drooling. Axios has three stories today about it. The media all over. They cannot wait to get it. So they can yell sedition four million times. So they can yell insurrection five million times. So they can show you all the pre-produced, highly uh, produced Broadway, broad uh, Hollywood produced edits on all this footage they're going to have, and all these pre-written speeches written by, uh, you know, God knows who, dragging every rhino loser part of Nancy Pelosi's hit squad up there to testify, and all this. You're going to hear it just absolute garbage uh so i want to spend some time on that some other things in the news i want to hit but let's start with what today is and of course because the president of the united states which is really it's kind of like the clinton thing i really shouldn't be surprised and shouldn't really but it is it is somewhat uh, disturbing and really disgusting to me that on the 78th anniversary of d-day we think about all of those who served liberating europe and the entire world men who um, went to defend a noble cause and went to defend our liberty can't even be acknowledged by the President of the United States for the second year in a row. Not a word, not a tweet, not a picture, not an anything. Was he in public today, G? He wasn't in public at all today. I mean, so just not a word. And, And it's surprising considering he was appointed to the Naval Academy. And, you know, you have to think men of men like that, what they would think of, of that commander in chief, what they would think of, um, you really think they'd be, uh, getting off U boats for certain death, charging a beach, knowing that their, their chances were so slim behind that man's voice, a man who can care less about this nation. We've seen the way he talks in front of the military, by the way, mm-hmm. on multiple occasions. But for the second year row, he can't even acknowledge the existence of this day. And um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just uh, repulsive, quite frankly. Well, it speaks volumes about the person himself, right? Yeah. It really does say, say, say it all. 
I mean, you know, you go back to that day, you've got 18, 19, 20-year-olds storming a beach, mo- uh, many of them, you know, basically uh, stepping into certain death, uh, fighting for a cause, and then you've got a guy who, you know, for all intents and purposes, I don't know if he'd walk on a beach unless, you know, there was uh, some Chinese money attached to it somewhere. Uh, oh yeah, Or uh, his um, secret service with him like he did this past weekend. Right. <clears throat> I saw the pictures of that. But, um... Yeah, those guys are running towards bullets. He's running away from a plane. Yeah, I heard that story. Uh, well, anyways, the right, right Scoop has a nice little article about the um, Never Forget, which obviously the president did today. Great men who died to stop Hitler and the German army on D-Day. And they link to a uh, history channel. I think I've seen this. American story of the D-Day invasion. And they just close by saying it's easy to look back at this now and forget just how monumental these sacrifices were on the day that led to the defeat of the Nazi armies. The U.S. was embroiled in two world wars, having been attacked by the Imperial Japanese just a few years before at Pearl Harbor. And now we were sending our men into a difficult fight with allied forces from other countries, and so many of them paid the ultimate price to pave the way for the liberation of Europe. These men are truly part of the greatest generation And we should never forget their sacrifice. And so I wanted to make sure that we at least didn't here for a few minutes here tonight. Yeah. Because the president couldn't find the time. Could not find the time for the second. So it's obviously intentional. It's not like it's the second year in a row. I mean, he took a lot of guff last year when he did it. And if he cared, he would have acknowledged it this year. But his handlers don't want him acknowledging anything to do with you know liberating a nation from fascists because they are fascists and they you know they it's a this whole technocratic uh machine of whatever this is this the uh, communists and the fascists have been interbreeding so long we have a new demon political party we don't even have a label for it yet and of course some would argue that you know in today's day and age we have our own kind of um beaches to storm as the left is con- continually getting more and more out of control. You think about the classrooms and everything else that's controlled by the left in this party that's just off the rails more and more every day. And you're you're seeing it right in front of your face. And specifically, it's going to ramp up this week as we head to this Thursday night. Because Thursday night is going to be I mean, here's all you need to know. ABC, NBC, CBS, they're all giving up whatever their prime time, you know, it's 8 o'clock, prime time on all these networks. They're giving up whatever shows, ads, sales, whatever, all of it, so they can sit there and we can, and so they can drone on and drool over the, the uh, Salem witch trials here with Pelosi's hit squad. And that's all it is. And you've got Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger up there, appointed by Pelosi. And it's a one-sided Broadway show. That's what it's going to be. You're going to get all of this information. You're going to get all these interviews. And you're going to get no rebuttal. No due process. Nothing. Nothing. It's, a, it's literally going to be like a Broadway show. Well, how do you know that, Damon? Well, how, how do I know that? Here's who they've brought in. 
as of today from Axios, who's got like three or four articles. So Matt just, Damon is hosting. They and, can't uh, contain their excitement over there. Right. Barbara Streisand is singing. James Golston. Does that ring a bell to anybody? Well, if you've watched this network, it probably has, because I know Dr. Gina talked about this as well. Well, he's the former president of ABC News. And the House January 6th committee has now turned to him, as they call him, renowned former network news executive, to hone a mountain of explosive material into captivating multimedia presentation for the primetime hearing on Thursday night. That's Uh right. James Golston, former president of ABC News and master documentary storyteller, so he fits perfectly, (laughs) uh, who ran Good Morning America and Nightline, has joined the committee as an unannounced advisor, Axios has learned. Mm. So this guy's going to, his job's going to be to um, sensationalize, dramatize, Mm -hmm. and make look as Hollywood-esque as possible all of the unforeseen footage that you haven't seen and maybe some things you you have seen and... The, oh. the carefully selected of the 14,000 oh, yes. yeah. hours. I think it's 14 million hours. Is it, I, think it's more oh than that. I think it's a lot of hours. I, I don't know. I, I mean, could it's be the wrong. most heavily surveilled place in the world. So right. I don't even. If it's 14,000 hours, we're going to get some truth out of it. But if, whatever it is, it, um, I'm going to ask the ghetto audience. Could you guys please help us out? I'm sure you guys have. Here's his, here's his first goal he plans to make it raw enough so that skeptical journalists. We'll find the material fresh and chew over the disclosures in future coverage. Oh. Wow. I'll bet I'll be persuaded. All right, we'll talk more about this. We'll do sport. Oh, no, we won't. <laughs> His son, Hunter, joining the then vice president on the official visit to Beijing. Unknown to the press back then, Hunter Biden was forming a Chinese private equity fund, planning to raise money, including from Chinese investors. Ten days after the Biden's trip, Shanghai authorities issued the fund's business license. Then Vice President Joe Biden at dinner with his son Hunter, along with Hunter's business associates from Ukraine, Russia, and Kazakhstan. And the day after the dinner, a Burisma executive sent a note to Hunter, quoting, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Hunter's lucrative business dealings often included giving as much as 50% of his earnings to his dad. The text read, quote, I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. And uh, Hunter introduced me as uh, this is Tony, dad, uh, the individual I told you about that's helping us with the business that we're working on and the Chinese. The email reads this way, quote, at the moment, there's a provisional agreement. The equity will be distributed as follows. 10 held by Hunter for the big guy. I 1,000% sit here and know that the big guy is referencing Joe Biden. I met with the former vice president in person multiple times. A newly revealed text message shows Bobolinsky was apparently warned by business partner James Gillier, don't mention Joe being involved. 
It's only when you are face to face. I know you know that, but they are paranoid. Chinese executives admitted to reporters that they were actually introduced to the vice president by Hunter Biden. Hunter and the then vice president seen with a pair of Mexican billionaires at the same time Hunter had been working on energy deals in Mexico. Joe Biden also had Hunter and his business partner fly on Air Force Two to Mexico. The president agreed to pay Hunter Biden's legal fees for his business dealings with a Chinese-controlled company. Hunter's assistant reportedly telling a pair of Biden aides, quote, I spoke with Hunter today regarding his bills. It is my understanding that Hunt's dad will cover these bills in the short term. There is photographic evidence of Biden on a golf outing with both his son, Hunter, and a man called Devin Archer, who was another member of the Burisma board. We also know that Devin Archer in that picture had a meeting in the White House, one-on-one -on -one meeting with Joe Biden about a week before they joined the Burisma board. His closest business partner, Hunter, has made at least 19 visits to the White House and other official locations, including a sit-down with then-Vice President Joe Biden in the West Wing. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. anything so I'm gonna put my pants on everything was implied I was reading the New York Post today and I just got real TMI man just too much information <laughs> this new hunter uh this new hunter article did you see oh, that Paul? Oh, yeah. yeah I got it up here right now and oh. I'm surprised the title <laughs> please don't tell me there's gun. any visuals that go with it <laughs> oh yeah right yeah, it's, uh, it's here, uh, and it's as creepy as you can imagine. There's so many jokes. The jokes just tell themselves. I mean, it's, it starts with the headline from the Post, Packing Heat. Newt Hunter Biden cavorts with hooker, illegal gun, and latest mess for president. Sure, <clears throat> sure, sure. It's, it's just, uh, you know, it doesn't stop. <clears throat> so, excuse me. Uh, Hunter Biden shows himself to be, a first, a real son of a gun in the latest embarrassing Personal video league for President Biden's scandal-scarred offspring. This is how the post starts it. Uh, the naked hunter casually waves around a handgun and even points it at the camera while cavorting with the nude hooker in a swank hotel room, according to the video provided to the Post by the nonprofit Marco Polo Research Group. The Cavalier clip, uh, clip of Hunter Biden holding uh, the apparently illegally obtained weapon uh, emerged amid a rash of mass shootings, mm -hmm. ran random gun violence in major cities that included 11 incidents on Saturday and Sunday alone mm -hmm. that at least 15 people were dead, 61 injured um, across the U.S., it also uh, came days after his dad called Congress to pass new gun control measures to stem the slaughter, declaring in a televised primetime address last week that the Second Amendment, like all of the rights, is not absolute, which yeah. is beyond sick. Um, this That's as traitorous as it gets. Um, but So Senator Ron Johnson, uh, he slammed the hypocrisy. I don't know if you guys have that clip or not, but he said, before proposing or passing any new federal legislation, the Biden administration ought to enforce existing laws regarding, uh, regardless of who's violating them, even if that person is the president's son. And, uh, you know, then he alludes to uh, the gun that he also threw into the Behind a grocery store across from high school yeah. in Delaware. So, uh, it's funny that ha none of that's made it into the conversation this <clears throat> last week about guns. It's kind of... No. Well, it's okay. He was in a fancy hotel room with plenty of crack, so he wasn't really going to go anywhere. He had everything he <laughs> needed at home. So it's not like he would have went gallivanting around the hallways naked. He's way too classy for that. Yeah. 
And the media continues to just not have any interest other than the Post and Miranda Devine and maybe a couple others. Could you imagine if the Trumps? No interest in this guy. Or any Republicans kid had his own Pornhub channel. He was uploading his own porns and sent them to his dad. Yeah. Could you imagine if my parents caught me watching porn? I'd be throwing my phone across the room. I hammer it with I'd throw. You know, you throw it in a fire like. I, You'd be mortified. Now you're going to send them a porn? No. Oh, but this one's including me, Pa. I figured you'd be proud. <laughs> yeah, Pa. Now, check this smartest out. guy knows, right? Smartest guy think knows. Think about this level of depravity. Yeah. And, and along those same terms, by the way, could you imagine if the Republicans had a committee like the Nancy Pelosi hit squad? And instead of Tucker Carlson and then Sean Hannity back to back from eight to 10 or eight to whatever, how long it's going to go, they decided to take them off the air for the night and do nothing but air some kind of Republican led witch hunt into whatever. Could you imagine what the, what, what MSM, NBC, CNN, imagine what they'd all be saying if this were happening the reverse on Thursday night. But they can't get to it fast enough, these people. They cannot get to it fast enough. And now they've got their ABC News director here to make sure it looks like Hollywood. Um, he wants to draw the eyeballs of Americans who haven't followed the ins and outs of the Capitol riot probe. Also, Golston is shaping a massive trove, Axios tells us. The hearing will be a mix of live witnesses and pre-produced video. Hmm. The committee has gained access to official White House photographs from January 6th that have never been seen publicly. Well, who cares if they haven't been? See, they add that in to make it, oh, I haven't been seen publicly. <laughs> You're going to have to tune this in. Only a fraction of the surveillance footage from inside the Capitol, all kinds of angles were captured. Only a fraction of it has been shown. Many of the committee's depositions were videotaped. Oh, can't wait to see those. What's that, I wonder? Depositions from who? People who they scared the bejesus out of and probably threatened. And God knows what else they did to them. Put them in a dark room, uh, turn the lights down, and tell them, yeah, that, oh, that's the depositions we're going to see. We're not going to see any rebuttals, though. We're not going to see any defense. We're, not, we're going to see one side of this nonsense. So you're talking about a 2022 version of Wag the Dog, basically. Where they're going to you know, portray, hey, look at this over here. This is what we want you to see. Because this is how we'd like you to portray it. This is how we want you to think about this. I wonder if they'll include John Earl Sullivan. In their, in their, uh, in their, uh, you know, bombastic Thursday night production. Yeah, I wonder how much he'll be there, or Ray Epps, or, yeah. or the rest of the Antifa groups. I mean, when you see some of the video of people screaming, these are actors, they're actors, this is, they're all communicating, they're acting. It's, it's stunning when you see the, you know, regular folk screaming, don't go in there, stop them. People trying to stop them and they can't. Like, will that video be there? I bet there will be no footage of James Golston's highly produced um, Broadway show here 
of any of the um, Capitol Police or police. Come on. Come on. Here's the open. Come on. Yeah. Somehow I won't. Th- that will not be anything we'll see on Thursday night from this sham. But you'll see Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger enough to make you want to throw up. And it doesn't take much. from Studio 6B, Hour 2 on a Monday night. Glad you're in. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029, of course, streaming exclusively over on Getter on Real AM Voice's page. People still ask me how to get to the chat. Go to Real AM Voice on Getter, follow Real America's Voice, and we're live on their page. Click right there at the top. You'll see Real America's Voice is live, and that's how you get to the chat. And the chat's always fired up as they are tonight. Lots going on. I think I missed a lot in the week that I wasn't here. Um, but it looks like everybody's there and fired up. Pretty fired up about Thursday. This this disgraceful... Whatever you do on Thursday night, don't give this thing one second of your time. And it's right at 8 o'clock, so you obviously you don't have to worry about it because you can just come watch us. But I mean... If you could, you, I, don't, I don't even know how you could stomach watching this for even five seconds on MSLSD or CNN as they're all, all they're going to have these 12 people panel sitting there breaking. Oh my God, I can't believe I've never seen that before. <gasps> Catching their breath and everything. On, oh God. You know what it's going to be like. Yeah. It's just going to be, you know, let's get Trump. A- anything associated, let's make this all about Trump. Yeah. A party that's about to take. If there's a God in heaven, a, a beating in November that they so rightly have brought on and deserve, but this is their cons- chance to, um, to get their last chance to weaponize the government and this committee to get and try to punish their political uh, opponent. Yeah. My, my question is, are they going to use the arrest of Peter Navarro in leg irons in the first 60 seconds? Oh, um, uh, it could be the opening, you know, they fade in yeah. from black. It could be on him. Right. That's it what absolutely I was th- could be. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that would be the great opener. It's like the latest from January 6th. You know, a couple of explosions. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, something like that. Maybe maybe, maybe a picture of, 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 of justice or, or Lady Liberty falling and all of a sudden they pan yes. to Oh, you could, on Golston's, you could be on his pay. Uh, uh, you got some good ideas, Rick. Oh, thanks. Has he re- reached out to you? Maybe he'll reach out to you tonight. <laughs> Maybe. It'll be footage of, um, just like what you're describing, it'll be footage of everybody who they've held. It'll be Navarro. It'll be Bannon. It'll be uh, everybody else. And get Trump, of course. It'll be every uh, backstabbing weasel that they could have, uh, that Kinzinger and Cheney will be the focus of it, of course. Well, she's the vice chair of this stupid thing, isn't she? I mean, that's just a disgrace. Yeah, if anything, they're, they're probably going to try and frame it as, look, it's the Republicans going after them. No, no it's going to be the base. It's going to be, it's going to be the base 
of Trump's party. It's going to be you. It's going to be me. It's going to be millions of people who support the president, who support his agenda, who support this country. It's going to be us that in the end are the real targets of this, of their production. Oh, yeah. We're the ones going to get painted with the broad brush. Right. Yeah, because if you if you dare defend your country or, you know, speak up or, or say anything negative about the current administration while well, they just label you a terrorist these days, that that's how tyranny works. You know, that, that that's what they've done around the world. Right, Paul? When, yeah. when the CIA when the CIA overthrows a, a different uh, government in another country, they immediately label anybody who goes against the new uh, installed government as terrorists. Yeah. You know, you, you know, it's been going on for a long time. You, you know, you, you, know, you guys are all familiar with, you know, confessions of an economic hitman. It's how they do it. It's how it's been done. The CIA has been up to a no good for a real long time. And, um, you know, it's pretty frustrating when you, there's so much documentation about, you know, we touched on it with David last week. You know, we touched on, you know, Operation, you know, Paperclip and, and, and Mockingbird and MK Ultra and, you know, the installments of governments and they, you know, okay, oh, you don't want to play ball. Okay. We, we bomb. Okay. You know, that doesn't work. You know, we install a government somehow, some way through financial collapse, you know? So, you know, now it's happening at home and it's really, it's just crazy to see what we're watching. And that, you know, the last domino to falls, if this government falls, you know, I think we can all agree that, you know, do- democracy will be gone everywhere. I mean, this is, you know, they get your weapons and it's over. You know, it's just scary. I mean, people don't won't won't acknowledge that you know, giving up your rights, they'll never come back. And they're not their rights to take. Yeah. These yeah. are my God given rights. They're not for you, they're not for your bureaucrats, they're not for you. Leave me alone. Well, they've got the full core press on to take them away in mo- in many ways. Um, I saw someone in the chat say, Well, maybe this will backfire on them. And I don't know that I necessarily think that will, because when you have the media, when you have the, this media, uh, this level of corruption, it's going to be yeah. hard for this to backfire. Um, they'll get they'll get the job that they want to get done done on Thursday night. But uh, I did see this from our friends over at Just the News and John Solomon. Uh, fewer Americans are blaming Donald Trump for January 6th. Americans' improving views towards the former president come as the January 6th committee prepares for its first public hearing. And just a little bit from here, it says fewer Americans hold former President Trump responsible for the January 6th Capitol riot. Well, there's, there's no way, if you have any common sense, or there's no way to hold them responsible. You know, they've been looking, you know, where's the smoking gun on Thursday? Where, you know, this whole thing is to try to show that he um, had this planned out and made all of these different moves to make sure this day unfolded the way it did, which they, it's just... Um, so anyway, I'm not going to read this, but anyway, so I saw, I did see that. So it reminded me of that when I saw the person say that maybe it'll backfire. I I don't know that it will backfire, but, um, you know what? I hope it does backfire. I was thinking the same thing as a matter of fact, I'm like, what, what purpose will this serve? People, people are, uh, they're stressed enough about going to the gas station, going to the store, Getting to work, finding out, oh, geez, now this is going to cost more. Everything's costing more. Redirect, I gotta cancel, right? Right. I got to cancel my vacation. I can't do this. We can't do that. Sorry, kids. Can't get you that. Um, we're going to have to rethink things. Uh, and now the government the government that's put you in this position wants you to sit down and spend the, some quality time yeah. in front of the TV so, you so they can tell you a story. So you don't think about all of what you just said? It's the ultimate. Don't worry. 
Look, look at this. Right. But, but that's what I'm saying. They're going to be, they're, they're going to turn on their TV and be like, what's this garbage? No, I, I, I need something that, that, that doesn't involve the government in my life. I think it's totally going to backfire on them. They're, they're preaching to their 10%, their 12% that are, you know, still screaming at the sky, grabbing their, they're clutching at their pearls, still, still can't believe she lost kind of people. Well, I wish you were right, but I think the numbers are way bigger than that of people who are going to be locked into this thing. And, 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 and looking for the, they're, they're going to see a smoking gun that's not there. That'd be my guess, but all right, let's do, we'll do some, I'm going to, you know, Slick Rick's not here. Let me do some sports and I'll uh, do some uh, team roping. So you don't, let me do some team roping here. Oh, I got to turn that off, Hanji. Um, some team roping. And for that, <laughs> let's go to Oklahoma. And this came from uh, KOCO News in Oklahoma. A little team roping here. What the heck is going on? <laughs> Whoops. Yes. Yeah, cowboy. When the bulls get yeah, loose, don't worry about the cops. Bring in the cowboys. <laughs> Look at this. Uh, that's a terrible score, though. I can't believe he hasn't gotten them down yet. Well, nice well, you, have done it's that team and... roping. You got to get the guy. Now, here comes the second guy to get the legs. Now, Too bad we couldn't do this in Manhattan with the, the uh, there you Tifa. Go. Remember when, it, when Tifa was running amok? We could have used some cowboys roping those <laughs> lunatics burning down Starbucks. Yeah. There you go. So a cow gets loose in Oklahoma City. We got to tie him up. And we got to get the cowboys in to get him. Look at this thing. It was just running. <laughs> the cops tried to, I don't know what they're driving there to try to stop him or whoever that is, but. They're driving a Bronco. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't work. So we had to bring in the, uh, that's good, Jake. They had to bring in the cowboys there. So we'll get some team roping done. <laughs> So what do you think about that, Paul? Pretty good, huh? That, that's impressive, man. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. Yeah. All right, let's do some more news. Here uh, with the news, sponsored by Seven Cells, is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Well, Nolan? Uh, President Trump on Monday reacted to the arrest of former advisor Peter Navarro by pointing out that members of Black Lives Matter and Antifa are able to roam freely, while his former White House trade advisor cannot. Uh, Navarro was arrested on Friday in Nashville, uh, Nashville Airport while trying to board a flight for defying the January 6th committee subpoena. He said he was put in leg irons and handcuffs, then strip searched, placed in solitary confinement, deni- confinement, denied food and water, and illegally denied access to his attorney. Um, you know, when uh, Trump had heard about this, he wrote on Truth Social, uh, our great trade genius, Professor Peter Navarro, was handcuffed, shackled, and put in jail while the lowlifes of Antifa and BLM are allowed to rip off the public, roam free on the streets, kill people, destroy once, uh, all our once great cities, all run by Democrats. Uh, when will this end? The American people will not stand for it much longer. Uh, great patriotic heroes are being created every day. Fairness and justice must rule the day. So mm-hmm. uh, that's the kind of uh, tweet that we know would uh, really hurt people. That's Steve, by the way, thinking, speaking of violence um, and enforcing laws that are even on the books before we start to create new laws to take away guns from law-abiding Americans. Has, has Steve Kerr, anybody commented on the weekend in Philadelphia or Chicago? Has he given any speeches and? The post game, has anyone heard? No. Because I, I haven't seen any footage of it. I'm sure he, I'm sure he must have done it like he did uh, when the time was right to capture when everything was raw and had just happened. He had to jump in and give us his opinion. Did he give us his opinion now on the what happened in Chicago and Philadelphia? See this footage out of Philly? These shootings? 19 dead in Chicago last weekend? Mm. 19. 
Yeah. But, but, according, he, but he doesn't play there anymore, so he doesn't care. Oh. Yeah. According to, like, the liberals, you're just watching crazy right-wing conspiracy news that never happened. Oh, is that right? Uh, so, by the way, G, throw this up. Look what we have here. Today, we mark the 78 years since D-Day in honor of those who answered duty's call on the beaches of Normandy. We must never forget their service and sacrifice in the defense of freedom. We must strive every day to live up to the ideals they fought to defend. This would be at 845. <laughs> 845. Uh, that was definitely not him posting that because we all know he's in bed by at least well, yeah. 630. I mean, first of all, it's got complete sentences with punctuation. It's clearly not him. Obviously, we know that. 8.45. I mean, I, I guess the old better late than never, but I mean, that's just embarrassing. It's just embarrassing. So, all right, what else, Paul? Um, you know, from uh, the National Pulse, uh, there's uh, another story here. Zuckerberg Group spending $80 million to hijack local elections, and the practices helped liberals. Uh, despite claiming to not get involved again, the Facebook founders group is doubling down on its election interference. This came out... Um, by Natalie Winters, uh, it said that uh, the, the Center for Tech and Civic Life, a nonprofit group that controversially uses funds from Mark Zuckerberg to boost turnout for Democrats in the 2020 election, launched a new $80 million initiative targeting local election departments. Under the uh, leadership of Tina Epps Johnson, the Center for Tech and Civic Life, T, uh, CTCL, overruled uh, local election officials to increase turnout almost exclusively in Democratic districts through mail-in voting in 2020. And uh, they uh, announced in April of 2022, the U.S. Alliance for the Election Excellence is described as a nonpartisan collaborative that is bringing uh, people together for election integrity. So like you said, Zuckerberg says he wasn't going to do it again. I saw Sheryl Sandberg uh, left Facebook after 15 or so years. And there's some questions around her leaving and why that is. So, all right, live from Studio 6B, more to do. We're back right after this. I really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. Most economic analysts believe that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. The faster than expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about this great, great deal. This is something that will uh, settle down. Transitory. Transitory. <laughs> and the data shows that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and are expected to be temporary. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. It's un highly unlikely that it's going to be long-term inflation that's going to get out of hand. I don't know anybody who's worried about inflation. Over the last couple of months, uh, we actually saw it trended downward. President Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, enthusiastically retweeted an economist who had said in part, most of the economic problems we're facing, inflation, supply chains, etc., are high-class problems. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, the number one thing that the president can do is help get COVID under control. Uh, that, we know, is the root cause of inflation. President Biden this afternoon saying he thinks we're at the peak of the crisis right now and that lower prices are on the way. The inflation has everything to do with the supply chain. 
Make no mistake, inflation is largely the fault of Putin. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. If you want to get rid of inflation, the only way to do it is to um, re- undo a lot of the Trump tax cuts. I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, everything. That's a great ad. You really get the sense that these people know what they're talking about and got it under control, huh? It's got to make you feel better watching them. Little uh, trip down memory lane of how just really right on it they all are. So brilliant, these people. Including Janet Yellen, who's 100 years old. Who used to be at the Fed, by the way. Of all the people to put at Treasury. This is where we're at. This is why I've told you for a long time, probably longer than other, a lot of other shows, that inflation was not going away, and I never understood this whole talk about how it was going to. And once it was out of the bottle, it's very hard to put back in. And now we're seeing it. And we'll get a much better picture of where we are on Friday. This is a big number on Friday. And our friend Philip Patrick from Birch Gold who, of course, is really, if you haven't looked into Birch Gold yet, I'm not really sure what you're waiting for because what you need in these kind of conditions is options. Especially if you're sitting on, you know, like Paul Nolan cash in the bank. You can't just be letting it sit there. You got to do something with it. And uh, the way to do that is to look at your alternatives, like physical gold and silver. If you've got that much cash in the bank, then you got to look at physical gold and silver so you don't lose your purchasing power. And the people to speak to there are our friends at Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold, experts in precious metals, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers. And most importantly, they'll give you options. You can buy cold coins. You can convert an existing IRA to a gold IRA. You can even convert an eligible 401k account to a gold IRA account. So here's how you get started. Text AMERICA. And send it to 989898 for your free information kit from our friends at Birch Gold Group. They've made it super easy. Just text the word America to 989898 for your free information kit. Let our friends at Birch Gold show you how owning gold and silver could help protect that savings. All right, 21 past the hour. Well, you like, and you like gold, Paul, right? I do. I do like gold. And when I have extra cash, I do buy. You don't let it sit in the bank. I was kidding, obviously, but. No, uh, I I just, you know, to me, like if I have extra money, I just, you know, if I could save a little bit. Look, I grew up with an old Italian mom. And, you know, they, my, my grandpa got his citizenship by joining World War I when he was 17. And they were like, you know, depression kids, you know, like, so it was always save. It was save. I remember my grandpa said, you save a dollar a day. You save 50 cents a day. You save $5. You get extra five. Instead of just blowing it away, you just to save and to save. And, you know, I got punished for it. You know, I'm one of the idiots who didn't, you know. Yeah, you know, I just saved. kept saving my money, and, and now you're watching. And now it's worth nothing. You're watching your purchasing power go right out the window. And uh, this Friday is a big number. CPI data on Friday, eight point five went to what eight three? They wanted it to go to eight two last print. Went to eight three, so it came down a little bit, but that's no big win. So what is this number? We went from eight three. They're projecting eight two. Not even a seven in front of it. So, of course, and, and if you're in the market, you see what's going on right now. You see the uh, fear and greed 
indexes are about the lowest they've ever been on all markets. You know, you see the S&P and the, um, and the Dow Jones and the NASDAQ have, have rallied a little bit, but I mean, every rally has no, has no oomph to it. Just, you don't feel like we've turned around yet. And this print on Friday is going to go a long way to telling <laughs> us where we're at. It's a big number, maybe the biggest one, because we know we're getting a 50. You know, money's getting more expensive. Mortgages are getting more expensive. They come down a little bit from the high of five, whatever, almost 6% they hit. But um, we're going to get a half-point rate in June. We're going to get a half-point rate in July. We're going to get nothing in August. We think they're off, no meeting, and then come back in September. Where are we? And you, the American people, continue to, um, continue to pay the price. And that's why that, that bumper we played coming into the, into the segment is just unbelievable. The dismissive attitude that they all had towards this. Mostly the Treasury Secretary. Who was at the Fed? Who knows better? You would thought, you think? Yeah. She knew this wasn't transitory. You don't spend like this government spend. You don't print like we've printed 40% of all dollars in existence in the last two years under this president and think that it's going to be transitory? Blaming everything other than themselves. It's ridiculous. It is. So we'll see what Friday brings. We'll see what Friday brings. So um, what else is going on in the news, Paul? You know, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the blaze right now. Republican um, Mike Rogers of Alabama has reintroduced legislation that would completely sever America's ties with the United Nations. Uh, GOP uh, Representative uh, Thomas Massey of Kentucky is an original co-sponsor of the bill. The measures would extricate the U.S. from the U.N. and other entities such as the World Health Organization, cut U.S. funding to the globalist organizations, and end American participation in any agreements with the international bodies. Um, it says uh, the... Uh, it says the president shall terminate all memberships by the United States in the United Nations or any or in any organ, specialized agency, commission, or formally affiliated body of the United Nations, except as otherwise provided this act and the amendments made by the act shall take effect on the date that is two years after the date of the enactment of this act, which... That was a mouthful. Got it. <laughs> uh, boy, glad I got through that. Uh, yeah. But anyway, you know, it says uh, many um, Americans would likely rejoice the prospect of having the U.S. cut all ties with the U.N. Um, the American Sovereignty Restoration Act, which has been introduced uh, to no avail in the past, will likely languish in Congress yet again. But uh, I, I can't. Uh, I mean, if Massey's behind it, it's got to. I mean, he he's so solid. Yep. I heard an interview he did. And I can't think of who it was with. He's a legit We've got to get him back on the show because I just heard him do an interview on, on this Second Amendment issue, obviously, that we're now facing down. You see what happened in New York today. My God. Yeah, that's just a disaster. She's, I mean, she's just, a disaster. Ugh. And everybody's picked up on what we've said now for months, too. Just when you thought Cuomo couldn't get it's like she's like, hold my beer. Yeah. I mean, well, she is so. We said it from Jump God. Street. She's going to be worse. It is. Well, maybe you did. I didn't think it was possible to be worse. Just like in New York City, I didn't think it was possible to be worse. But I was wrong. They're both worse. They're both worse. 
Trump tweeted about New York today. He said, there's so many billions of dollars leaving New York. Somebody's got to do something quick. It's not sustainable. Yeah. It, it's uh, one of the top places people are leaving. And, and, and <laughs> why would you stay? Manhattan I'm asking myself lo- the same questions. Yeah. Manhattan yeah. lost almost 10% of their population. And if I didn't have kids in school systems that are pretty decent here, I'd... <laughs> yeah. All right, we're back right after this. past the hour live from studio 6b on a monday so i don't know about you guys have has anyone seen um top gun maverick yet not yet uh i've seen it twice have you and i'm going for a third time at some point even if it's by myself really? in the theater that's how good it is ah. yeah how was it's uh, so good it's how, stupid how, was how good Kilmer's it is role? nice because i thought they did a real nice you know, I thought they did. Did you hear what they did for him? Because he's got throat cancer. Yeah. They regenerated his voice with a company called Sonotech. And uh, and Cruz wouldn't do it without him. I thought that's really cool. Because- well, I think in the movie, he really he really did speak. He barely gets the words yeah. out. But the way they played it, the way they did it, the way they did everything about The movie is all American, by the way. It is like, it's so, to me, so many things about what we think about the country come through it in the movie. Well, that's why the left hates it. It's like, uh, it's just, you know, our guys are better than yours. Our stuff's better than yours. And they make a point in the movie of continuing to say, it's not the equipment, it's the the guy in the box. It's the pilot. It's the guy, and we're going to be there for our guys no matter what. There's so many things that you can take from it. I mean, I just, it's as good as anything I've ever seen in the theater. I've seen it twice. I don't even know a movie I've saw twice. (laughs) I can't even think of one. I don't know that I've... Maybe a, maybe a Star Wars movie I went to see twice. Tom Cruise actually fought, from what I understand, to have all the pilots in the movie actually trained to be pilots, survival training, water training in case they hit the water. So they're actually flying the planes, not oh, just Oh, it's him. all real. All the plane flying was done by the, by the um, not the Top Gun guys, but by, by, by legit pilots in the, uh, you know, in the service. It's all well, of also it is, the, the actors, too, were, were flying. No, I know. I know yeah. they were in there. They yeah. showed how they were responsible for the cameras and how they had to get the right takes and footage and everything. But it is as good as anything I've ever seen. I went to see it twice. I can't think of a movie I've ever done that for. And I'd go see it again. Now, how long is it? Is it a two or Two hours and, and 11 minutes. Okay. <laughs> nice. It's so good. Because you got to work out you your know, I loved it right from Jump long. Street when they, when they denied um, the Chinese investors access to taking away the Vietnam Vietnam. Uh, you know, flags on the jackets. And, you know, to me, I'm just so sick of China, you know, influencing movies and making changes. Yeah, I, I heard they, uh, he actually, yeah, like you said, he fought for the Taiwan flag to be on the jacket Taiwan, as well. Thank you. Yeah. So. Yeah, the fake place. Right. Um, yeah, but I, I also do like, you know, look, Val, the, I watched the Val Kilmer doc um, where he basically chronicled his life. Um, you know, he's always carrying a camera around. I didn't realize how accomplished he was as an actor coming out of Juilliard. And, and uh, you know, I loved him in, in a few movies. I thought, like, Doc Holliday was great and obviously the Doors movie. Um, but it was just fun watching that documentary and his kids narrating it because he's, you know, he's got to put his finger over a hole and then he's got to use the sound box right. um, to get the sound out. And I watched a little quick doc on it. Um, they really did have to enhance his voice through using his old films, and they were able to recreate his voice. So I'll find the fee and I'll post it on my mm. getter. 
It was really fabulous. I'll tell you, I, you should all go see it. It was really that good. It was just really good. Just nice they did feel such good a, America movie. And they did such a great job, if you saw the original 34 years ago, of, of bringing things from the original and, and just making it work into this. Just right. certain things that you, that you kind of smile at and remember. You know, him riding the motorcycle next to the plane. They brought that back. They, you know, the <laughs> beach scene of them and the volleyball and the football and how they brought that back. And uh, they just and brought all back the '80s cheese. <laughs> they brought right back yeah, right. in because it was. I had the family we watched it all as a group because the kids want to see the new movie. And I said, "Well, you're not seeing it unless you see the original." And uh, they just loved everything about the '80s and yeah. just how, like, you know, that's right. I am dangerous. <laughs> you know, he's, you know, he's like, right now my son, my- and then he just like, yeah, he. he <laughs> my son didn't see the original, and he loved it. Had no idea about the original, right. obviously being 15 and he went to see this one and just loved it just as a standalone what now was he asking where's the kelly mcgillis character no 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 the relationship he has in this movie is a great it's just great it's not i, really, I don't know if people agree with me you know some people probably whatever but well, you know people hate hollywood it's just wanna... fantastic i thought he was the flying in it the, just the respect you have for the guys who do this in real life you just have to come out of the thinking my lord you talk about being the best of the best. These young men and women we put up there. Yeah, well, go you, through you, this. You kind of got a you kind of got a view of it the first time in the first oh, Top yeah. Gun movie. You know, when when you see them going through the training and what they possibly might have to deal with. You know, going into a flat spin and seeing. You know, it's like there's a lot of a lot of factors that you don't even consider because you just look at the sexy part of flying the plane really fast. Um, but then there's, you know, the, there's the physical toll it takes on your body that you don't even realize that these guys have to deal with. Yeah. And, and I think that was one of his, one of his goals in this movie was to try and push that more to really show what, what he's going through, like the skin, you know, your skin getting pushed back and well, all that stuff. I heard that there was actually no real flying in number one. Did you know that? That's so all, all not, that was all stock footage. Yeah, there's actual, there was no real capture of real flying in the first one. Well, that was before Tom Cruise like took it upon himself to be his own producer and right. make sure he was always hands on with everything. Yeah. So there was so, so that was stock footage of him flying yeah, upside down, no, giving the no real... uh, the finger to the MIG. Yep, that yeah. was all. I'm willing to bet they probably <laughs> use like miniatures or something like that. Yeah, I, I thought no, I, I saw I, him talk about it on a podcast. There wasn't. They didn't use actually military. Didn't use military footage. For them uh, during that one, uh, unless I have my movies mixed up, or am I thinking of a uh, True Lies? I mean, it was the '80s, so probably a mixture of a lot of techniques. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Movie. Magic. So, anyways, uh, let's speaking of video and movies and stuff. Let's get to some. Let's get to some video that I've been watching today. That's not as good as uh, Maverick, and that will start cut one. G, uh, roll that. So this morning, the national average for a gallon of regular gas now four dollars and eighty-seven cents. That's according to AAA. Joined now by Cena Chief Business Correspondent Christine Romans, and it's not just high; it's just so much higher than it was such a short time ago. I'd be happy to see 487 personally. You know, in New Jersey, it's higher than that. In California, it's higher than that. In 10 states, it's higher than um, five dollars a gallon. That's up. Uh, that's up 25 cents in a week. It's up a dollar 33 since the Russian invasion of Ukraine. No, you already no. had point that inflation up. running red that's hot, enough. and you throw in this geopolitical night. This is why the January 6th committee is going on Thursday, because on January 6th, by the way, of 2021, you know what most people don't think about? 
is that gas was, I think, $2.26 on January 6th. That's what you should remember about January 6th. $2.26. Fill up your tank for about 50 bucks, which now costs you about 120 We have enough fuel in this country to feed the world for 450-plus years. This whole thing is a joke. I spoke to somebody, by the way, um, who works on Long Island, New York, and one of the big diesel um, out way out east on the island, that the diesel there helps support the grid. They said one of these tankers that supposedly holds like 40 million barrels or gallons or whatever, he said right now they've got less than like one-tenth of what they would normally have going into the summer months. Great. And when the grid gets that kind of, in the hot summer months when the grid, we're going to have problems. You're going to see these kind of problems all over the country. Because you're, you're just not going to have the infrastructure support. He keeps taking out of the, of the reserves. It's not doing anything. They have no plan to make it better. That's why, again, that, that bumper we played with her laughing when she's asked about it. I mean, they have, they have no, like the baby formula, they have no plan to get their arms around how to fix this. No plan. And you're certainly not going to get any answers from the press secretary because this, again, <laughs> we talked about New York City, New York State. How could it get worse? How could it have gotten worse than Saki? I mean, it has. It, she is so bad at this job. Cut two, G. Roll it. On gas prices, I understand what the administration has done up to this point on the policy side of things. I also understand it's a global marketplace. Given the fact that they keep hitting new highs, are there new initiatives, new policy proposals that your team is working through right now that could possibly have an effect or that you could roll out in the weeks ahead if prices continue where they've been? So everything is on the table, as you heard us, have you heard us say the last couple of weeks. But I do want to say, you look, you know, if you look at um, uh, what happened when Putin started amassing troops oh. on the border with Russia, the price of gas has increased is there an answer to the question one cents and uh, and i also want to add because this is really important so that people understand and flag that similar issues are happening around the world in the eu gas is eight dollars and 15 cents per gallon and has <laughs> oh. increased by one dollar oh. so there you go you, you she wants you to be happy that it's not eight dollars yeah not so bad. let's see hmm hey i know i got stabbed with the knife and i could bleed out but what you're saying is be glad that you got stabbed and you didn't get shot because shot is worse than stabbed. Right, okay, sure, the, thanks. The knife is, could have been bigger, yeah. Right. She has no answers to anything. She has no answers to anything. Um, Check the box. Well, let's go to Pete Buttigieg. He's the transp- transportation secretary who now has COVID, by the way, who did not tweet how happy he was. He tweeted that he had it, but he did not add in. I added it for him when I retweeted it. That he was happy that he had 19 shots and 14 <laughs> boosters, so that he didn't, you know, is is uh, whatever, as they all as they all do. Yeah, I can't believe we forgot that. How many days has this guy worked since he's been transportation secretary? By the way, can we find that out? Like eight, maybe nine, ten? How many yeah. days has this guy worked? Isn't he always on paternity he's, leave? Yeah, or something? that's what I'm saying. Here he is. Cut four G on gas prices. He's got it figured out. Let's hear him. Americans feel gas prices just about more than anything else. We're seeing $5 a gallon, approaching $5 a gallon across the country right now as we head into the summer vacation season. Uh, earlier this year, the president tapped the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It hasn't made any difference at all. Was that a failure? 
Well, look, I, I don't think it's correct to say it hasn't made any difference at all. Uh, this is an action that helped to stabilize global oil prices. Uh, the action the president took around ethanol, introducing additional flexibility there, that's having an effect uh, on prices in the Midwest. But we also know that the price of gasoline is, is not set by a dial in the Oval Office. And when an oil company is deciding hour by hour how much to charge oh. you for a gallon of gas, uh, they're not calling the administration to ask what they should do. Uh, they're doing it based on their goal of maximizing their profits. Oh. It's been very striking right now to see these oil companies uh, who have become almost ridiculously profitable. And you hear these oil executives on the record talking about how they're not going to increase production. Uh, why would they? They're doing great right now. It's why the president has called for a use it or lose it policy, where if you're sitting on these thousands of permits like these oil executives have sure. been, and you're not doing anything with them, then you're going to be held accountable for that. Now, so far, congressional Republicans have blocked action to do something like that, but we think that's another step that would make a difference among the many, many steps the president's already taken. Here. All right. Uh, very important rebuttal to that. Very important rebuttal from someone who would know. Cut three, G. Roll that. Uh, we were at our conference lunch today and someone said, you know, oil is going to go to $4 a gallon. And Senator Boxer sitting next to me said it's already $4 a gallon in my hometown in California. Well, um, it is well over $3 a gallon in most of our, uh, in most of our constituencies. And, uh, um, and we're paying uh, that money, in my view, because we lack an energy policy. <laughs> we lack an energy policy. <laughs> so somebody knew back in 2006 that it wasn't someone else's fault, wasn't the energy executive's fault, wasn't some... Um, secret thing that nobody can see or put their hands around that it's their fault or some reason of one specific thing. It's his fault. It's this administration's fault. On day one, they put a chokehold on American energy and it has not changed and they have not let up. And all the nonsense about leases and drilling and this and everything else is just that nonsense. And they know it and you know it. More importantly. All right, Crazy Town, when we get back, to the hour live from studio 6b let's do a little more news before we do crazy town to wrap it up on a monday night again i want to thank greg phillips and uh rick delgado who actually really who's booked them um we'll try to have greg back as we get closer to the election um what else is going on in the news paul well texas uh funeral home worker was among the first to come face to face with the deranged school shooter salvador ramos uh, cops say, uh, he says the cops stopped him from rushing in to save the kids. Cody uh, Braseno said he and a co-worker initially ran to help Ramos after the 18-year-old killer crashed his pickup truck outside the Rob Elementary. Uh, turned back when he saw Ramos armed with an evil look uh, on his face and told uh, the NBC News in an interview that aired on Sunday. Uh, Gio, let's roll that. We locked eyes and he gave me this vibe. I told him, you okay? Me thinking he was dazed out. I told him, you okay? You all right, man? You need help. And he, takes a, he, he looks away from me inside his truck. And I see him grabbing something from his truck. 
And I'm was still asking him, hey man, you okay? At that moment, he looks right back at me and with this, with that evil look, and I see this rifle. How far were you from him? I was from like maybe eight, ten feet around there. And as he takes out this rifle, he's looking at me, and I tell my my coworker, "Oh man, he he has a gun. He has a gun." And as soon as I say that, I tell him, "Run, run! He has a gun." He, we both take our running as I turn around. I fell. I fell on the street because there was a sidewalk and the little, the little curb. I fell on the street and I scraped my elbow and I messed up my thumb. And I'm looking, when I fell, I'm looking back at him like this and he's trying to clip on the. I knew what kind of gun it was. It was an AR 15 and I could see when he's trying to put that clip on that gun. And as I look up, my coworker was already, you know, across the street. And as soon as I'm getting up, I'm looking back, and this guy's already pointing at, at us. And you just hear, pa, 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 pa. And he missed all those shots. He, he was shooting at both of us, and I could just hear, hear a ricochet, pshum, pshum, pshum. And I look at him like that, and I get up, and as I'm running, I look back, and he was aiming that barrel right at me and my coworker. Oof. Man, yeah. that's a miracle that guy's alive. Yeah. Because didn't he shoot it? I wonder if that's... Originally, we heard he shot at two people outside a funeral home or something across the street. I want, yeah, he's, he's one, one of, one of, he's one of them. Oh, the story goes on and says he, then he grabbed his own gun from his wife and charged toward the school where Ramos had barricaded himself and went on the killing spree that left 19, you know, fourth graders and two teachers dead. Um, and they said, hey, where are you going? The funeral and the... Uh, that's when the cops, uh, I'm going to try to stop me, said. And the, the cops said, no, you're not going anywhere. Stay right here. So he was trying to get in, and the cops uh, you know, stopped him as this story continues. Pretty Did you scary. see the story? I wasn't here last week, but I think I posted it on social media. I don't know if you grabbed the clip, G, of the mother who went in to get her two kids. Did you, hear, did you see the video, that video? Did you guys use that video clip last week or her? Uh, we'll have to we'll have to get that for tomorrow night. That's an, another harrowing story. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, and I think there was a clip of a kid that we also had. I don't know if we played. And then there was a story of the kid that actually covered himself in blood or covered herself in blood to pretend that they were dead. Like that story, just like that one floored me. Mm. Yeah, we'll get that. We'll get the clip of this mother tomorrow. I think I posted just the, the, the pure, just courage of a mother who was just not going to be denied. Um, I think it's on our social media. But anything oh, else in the news, Paul? Oh, he's got the kid. He's no, he has. Jill's got the kid. You should see this one. Go ahead, roll it. When he went in the classroom, he said, "You're all going to die." And he just started shooting people. She shot my teacher, and then he shot the kids, and then I guess like. I think he was aiming at me, like the thing, and then he, like, I guess, like one of the chairs were there, so it blocked it and, like, pe like pieces in my leg, and yeah. then, like, a phone started ringing in one of the desks, so um, a girl went to go turn it, like, turn it off, and then we heard shooting, and then the cops, like, caught the shooting, so they went at the classroom and they got him. I was playing dead, so he won't shoot me. That kid's never going to be the same. 
I mean, none of those kids are going to be ever be the same. It's just unbelievable, unbelievable. All right, anything else in the news, Paul? That's bad. I can't it. seem to find it. Gee, I was looking at it during, but uh, I'll find it. I'll find it at some point. Um, all right, so let's do a couple other things. Gee, let's do um, because I'm always inspired by good words. Let's do cut twelve. Roll that. And I know that each of you is up to this challenge because you are the mayor. Bravo, bravo, very nice. That's inspired. I'm inspired. She is so terrible. <laughs> she is so terrible out That's in good. public. Does she, do, does she even realize she sucks this bad? That's good. Oh, just oh, yeah. Well, a wait a minute here. Let's not go back to our past. We don't need to. I mean, come on. That's, that's enough. <laughs> Pull the golf club through a garden hose. Yeah. So let's uh, Crazy Town, G. This is a couple days old, I believe. These old boys... Um, well, Biden had, uh, well, he had some fun at the White House, right? So this is, um, this is the official, I want to say behind the scenes, but I don't think that's what this stands for, right? This is actually a name of a group, BTS Visits the White House. Roll it. That's BTS. White House. Come on up here, guys. I got involved in public life because of civil rights. Even oh, back geez. then, sure. famous artists help move people. What you're doing <laughs> makes a big difference. Talking about how we have to eliminate hate is important. Figure that make you feel at home. Gonna dance? <laughs> oh. oh, there you go. <laughs> When we see hate and prejudice, oh, good. Hate she's is talking. meant to make people afraid, and it's meant to make people feel alone, <laughs> and therefore without power. They're not when four years old. Speak, they all wish they were on the mood right now. People, They're all glad they don't understand English at this point. I know you know what you're doing, but don't underestimate it. It's not just your great talent. It's the message you communicate. It matters. And this is one president who appreciates you. Wow. Woohoo. I have to tell my mom. <laughs> yeah. Lastly, we thank President Biden and the White House for giving this important opportunity to speak about the important causes, remind ourselves of what we can do as artists. Once again, sure. thank you very much. All right. Side story. They all went down to a local bodega in the heart of uh, just outside of D.C., kind of a rural neighborhood. They all got beat up. <laughs> Stop the Asian hate. I mean, it's like the, 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 we've already seen the data. It's, it's been going on in the cities forever. It, it, it's not white people beating up Asian people. Can we stop? Is that what nonsense? they were there for? Stop Asian hate. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm telling, go to a bodega where you know the ones that in this in like like in like the rural like the, the like like inner cities where it says like like deli meats fix a flat 
uh, you know, <laughs> roach control, like, you know. All under weirdest. one roof, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to risk your life for the best food. He's true to that. I mean, tone deaf just never, I just, I don't know. It never had more meaning than with this administration. And it never had an emptier suit. It, n- it never had an emptier suit is absolutely right. Yeah. My God, is he the most disingenuous person other than maybe her? (laughs) As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. We remember our 78 years ago today. Thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you to Live from Studio 6B Audience. We'll see you tomorrow night.